You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. The Tower of London has an enduring place in the popular imagination as a place of torture and execution, but is also a World Heritage Site and a fascinating example of evolving castle design through history. This is episode 10 for January 10th, 2018. I'm Chris Webster and welcome to the ARC 365 Podcast, 2018 edition. ARC 365 is a podcast today, every day, in 2018. This episode was written by Christopher Booth. Officially called Her Majesty's Royal Palace and Fortress of the Tower of London, the tower is located just to the east of the city of London, past an area of traditionally open ground called Tower Hill. Originally a square keep with three successive outer wards added by the 1400s. It is a castle that has served as a secure fortress, royal palace, and infamous prison since the central keep, known as the White Tower, from which the whole complex derives its name, was first constructed during the Norman invasion of 1066. The tower has served as an armory, a treasury, a menagerie, the home of the Royal Mint, a public record office, and the home of the Crown Jewels of England, which is the most famous of its current purposes. Its most notorious use through history, however, has been as a prison and place of torture. From as early as 1100, when Ranulf Flambard, the Bishop of Durham, was imprisoned there by Henry I until 1952, when the infamous East End gangsters, the Cray Twins, were held in the tower. Despite the reputation for torture and execution, only 48 uses of torture are recorded between 1540 and 1640, including Guy Fox due to his involvement in the gunpowder plot. In addition, only 10 people, two of whom were wives of Henry VIII, were ever executed on the castle's grounds. Instead, Executions usually took place in public on Tower Hill nearby, but even then only 112 people were executed on the hill in 400 years. For those who were imprisoned in the tower in the medieval period, the reality was not as grim as 19th century romantic accounts would suggest. As a royal castle, the tower was used by the monarch to imprison high-status individuals for short periods, and these influential and often wealthy prisoners could make their life easier by purchasing amenities including better food and even tapestries through the lieutenant of the tower. In the 16th century, the tower started to acquire its enduring reputation as a grim, foreboding prison, and although much of this is exaggerated, the 16th and 17th centuries did mark the castle's height as a prison, with many religious and political undesirables imprisoned. Possibly, the second most well-known use of the tower was as the home of the Royal Menagerie. The earliest record that suggests animals were being kept at the Tower of London came from 1210 to 1212, when King John ordered payments to lion keepers at the tower. The most frequent early references to a menagerie came from the reign of Henry II. Throughout the medieval period, the tower housed a polar bear, an African elephant, lions, lynxes, hyenas, brown bears, and jackals. In the 17th century, the menagerie was extended and refurbished with a viewing platform installed for royals and guests to view the animals. In the 18th century, the menagerie was open to the public at the cost of three halfpence and animals gifted to the crown by the Hudson Bay Company, amongst others, introduced the London public to animals from North America. Although the animals and prisoners have long since left, the tower remains one of the most popular heritage sites in England with visitors. This has only been a quick glimpse into the rich and fascinating history of the Tower of London, and there is much more that we could have included, and much more to see if you're able to visit. Thank you. Thanks for listening to ARC 365. If you want to hear more ARC 365, check out www.arcpodnet.com slash ARC 365 for the 2017 and 2018 episodes. Check out arcpodnet.com slash ARC 365 G30 for the last 30 episodes. Please subscribe and rate on your service of choice. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, among others. Support the APN at arcpodnet.com slash members. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being awesome.
This show is produced and recorded by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle, in Reno, Nevada, at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.